Inspiring the Pack, a podcast series from Bright Wolves. Hello everyone. Today we give you a sneak peek into a new project that we at Bright Wolves, a boutique management consulting firm in Brussels, have been working on. It is called Inspiring the Pack, a Bright Wolves podcast series. The purpose of this series is to engage in conversations with sustainability-driven startups in Belgium. In September of 2020, Brightwolves hosted the Sustainability Challenge, which recognized Belgian startups who are actively engaging in sustainability through their business offering. The winner of the challenge was then awarded one month of free consulting from Brightwolves to support them in their endeavors. In our first season of Inspiring the Pack, we will be having conversations with the finalists of the 2020 challenge. In these conversations, we dive deeper into how their ideas came about, the challenges and triumphs that come with starting a business, as well as the positive impact that their products or services are having on the environment and communities. We take a journey from the starting point to the present, and we also discuss their ambitions for the future. In this way, we want to bring together sustainability and entrepreneurship. Sustainability is by no means a new topic of discussion, but even so, there still appears to be a bit of a misconception around entrepreneurship and sustainability. There might still be some that believe that profitability and sustainability are conflicting goals which cannot exist in unison. But Brightwolves is actively working to change this narrative and find that symbiotic relationship where entrepreneurship and sustainability benefit each other. One way Brightwolves is doing this is by engaging in important conversations, and we are very pleased to be kicking off these conversations with Miguel van Dam of Brightwolves. Miguel, welcome, and thank you for being here to introduce Bright Wolf's new podcast, Inspiring the Pack. Um, before we get into it, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, hello, hello, good, good afternoon, Robin. I'm Miguel Van Damme. I'm uh, halfway the, the 30s. I'm, I'm working at Bright Wolf's for, for three years now. I basically started Bright Wolf's when it was an idea. Before that, I worked a few companies in consulting at the Boston Consulting Group and in the industry, in the energy sector, as a real engineer, I would say, for, for Tree and uh, for ExxonMobil Chemicals. Awesome. That's a great, um, a very broad range of industries and, and great history. Um, Miguel, sustainability and entrepreneurship really are quite an integral part of your life and your career. So I wanted to ask where this um, awareness and this drive for bridging sustainability and entrepreneurship comes from. Is it something that has always been on your mind or was it something that particularly sparked your attention? When I was a student, uh, I specialized in thermodynamics and energy. And during my, my last year, I had the opportunity to work on optimization of renewable energy systems for Daikin, the heat pump producer. And I basically worked on quite innovative systems combining uh, solar thermal, solar PV, and, and heat pumps and seasonal storage. That was like the first real project and, and optimization I did and, and was, was quite fun. And I enjoyed it so much that my first job was basically building on that experience. And I, I worked for 3E, Brussels-based renewable energy and energy efficiency engineering firm and my role for them was to do some projects similar to that one and as well as to open their office in China in, in Beijing and so basically it brought it's a bit of, of everything we are talking today it's about sustainability and, and more energy aspect 
and entrepreneurship. Um, China was amazing. It was pretty mobile internet, like uh, I like to say. It was in 2000, <laughs> 2009, 2010. And China was already very much aware of environmental issues. And actually, after one year, I decided to come back to Belgium, mainly because the quality of the air in Beijing was so bad. And all my friends who returned, the first reason was quality of air and the quality of, of the environment in general. And uh, that's why they, they have put an ambitious roadmap. And I trust actually that China will meet their targets. You know how the power is structured there, but if they decide something, they, they execute. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so, Miguel, you've really worked, you know, in, in different continents and in different industries. Um, what would you say are some of the key lessons that you've learned in your career about sustainability and perhaps in particular this important relationship between sustainability and entrepreneurship? Okay, I see four main lessons. The first one is about sustainability. It's a never-ending process. It's about continuous improvements, about being a bit better, a bit more respectful of the nature, because sustainability means not depleting the nature, not harming the nature, and, and you will never be perfect. And so it's about being better a bit every day, and you shouldn't be depressed by the idea that you're not reaching there. It's a we have a lot of clients who are taking steps, small steps, and every small step counts. And one day they will compound and have a big impact. Of course, there are big shifts, big disruptions possible on, on that environmental uh, impact. They should not be neglected, but it's, it's about small steps, about trying to be a bit better every day. And, and if we take, for example, Patagonia, they illustrate that well. They respect the nature, they know they are not perfect, but they continuously work on small steps. And in that sense, I see a big parallel between uh, sustainability and, and lean, where it's all about small things and continuous improvement. The second lesson I see is about incentives. Sustainability is all about incentives and about system thinking. And today, what we see is that too often the systems are designed to favor harming industries, to favor fossil fuel industries. If you think about Belgium, we give free cars uh, with unlimited mileage to more than 600,000 employees in Belgium. And uh, they have zero incentive to ride a bike. Today, I went by car to school. It was like the third time this year to bring my daughters. And basically, by car, it's free for me. If something happens to my car, I have insurance that's paid by the company. If my car gets stolen, it's paid by the company. When I go by bike, it's my bike. It's a bike I paid myself. It's a bike that I have to maintain myself. I just invested in, in additional systems to, to be able to carry my two daughters to school, what I do every day. But if my bike gets stolen, if something happens, I have to carry that cost. So you understand that the incentives are already completely on the wrong side because when I go by bike, I basically don't harm the nature or a fraction less than 2% than the, the footprint I would have if I go by car. And that's just about the financial systems. But if you look at the infrastructure as well, the entire infrastructure in some cities are still designed completely for cars. And if you look at Los Angeles, for example, uh, or New York, that's that's one extreme where it's, it's car everywhere. And then if you look at, at Copenhagen, Utrecht, Amsterdam, there we go to the other extreme. Um, 
the third lesson I would say is that it's very complex. Uh, sustainability, there's there's like one metric, it's CO2 today, but still it's not enough. And it's a complex calculation because it's not a direct calculation. You know, if you look at the balance sheet of a company or at the, the PNL statement of a company, it's about euros. Everyone understands it, but CO2 is like a more abstract concept and uh, it's the calculation what's the scope what's the perimeter scope one scope two scope three and so it's extremely complex and because it's so complex people make wrong decisions uh, people are misinformed or people on purpose misinform others and i think the the nuclear discussion today in belgium should we keep our nuclear plants open is a typical case where the complexity of sustainability doesn't help the cause. And maybe the last one and more optimistic one, I would say, it's sustainability to me, it's uh, endless new business opportunities. I think we will come back to that about the Brighto Sustainability Challenge where we see uh, a lot of new startups seizing opportunities, but I see, I see corporates, I see established companies with billion euros turnover seizing those opportunities. And if they refuse to do so, they will become distressed cargos the same way as those corporates refuse to see uh, the digital wave as a threat. They will fail and they will vanish away. And if they see it as an opportunity, they will become surfer and, and they will seize plenty of opportunities. And I, I just want to take two examples. One example is Noroto, who is a very large chain of uh, repair centers and maintenance centers for cars in France. They are now launching repairs and sales, what's new for them, of e-bikes and bikes in general, and, and they see enormous traction. They seize that opportunity and they are creating a new business. Another uh, example, it's Levi's, the well-known and established jeans company. They are now launching new collections based on, on second hands or on faulties, so jeans that had some defects. They are using those as resources for a new collection called Repair, where they repair the jeans, reimagine, where they reimagine completely the, the jeans and or, or the jacket, and uh, recycle, where they convert those garments into new objects like hats or bum bags. And they are super enthusiastic about it. It's a great business opportunity that will have a substantial PNL impact. It brings so much energy within the, the, the company itself. If you talk about employees, about let's uh, launch a new efficiency program, nobody will, will jump or raise their hand to take the lead. If you talk to them about let's launch a new sustainability program or let's create, let's seize that wave, let's serve that wave, it brings so much energy. Um, Absolutely. In that kind of way, the um, sustainability and entrepreneurship, where you really see it, uh, having the benefit in these companies, those are great examples. Yeah, exactly. And, and then the customers as well. It's a story to bring to the customers and everyone expects it. So that's like, we'd say, the, the, the benefit of sustainability. And that's what we try to push at Brightools, of course, uh, towards our clients. So this, this leads me into my next question um, regarding the Brightwell Sustainability Challenge. Um, I wanted to find out from you, where did the motivation come from uh, to launch this challenge, which yeah, it was the maiden year in 2020, and it was a huge success? Yeah, yeah exactly. We, so we had more than 30 applicants, so Belgian 
companies, startups focusing on putting sustainability at their core. So why are we doing that? Well, for two reasons. The first reason, I would say, is that a transformation wave is always driven by external factors. And if you look at the digital transformation, for example, it's where small companies who took the lead and disrupted the industry. Think about uh, Google. It was two students in a room at Stanford. Think about Yahoo. That now vanished again. But Yahoo is a big media. It was not an established media that launched that. And then the established medias who survived are the ones that really succeeded in their transformation. I think it was the, the Washington Post that has really succeeded in turning their readers into digital readers. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, and the established firms will not take the initial lead in that transformation. And that's the first thing. And the second thing I would say is that it's about taking some risks and small firms are way more agile to take risks and to move fast. And they're designed. A startup is a temporary organization trying to look for a, a product that responds to a customer need. That's a startup. And, and so they have that speed of execution, what a large firm cannot do. And so by helping the startups, we want to, to contribute to that shift. And then we want to, of course, help our larger clients to surf on that wave to seize the opportunities. And every time we talk about sustainability to clients, they're very enthusiastic and we have passionate discussions. Incredible. Yeah. And um, so you've touched a little bit on, on how Bright Wolves contributed within the sustainability challenge, but is there um, another role that you see Bright Wolves also playing within the, this entrepreneurship and sustainability landscape beyond the, the challenge? Well, I, I hope Bright Wolves can be an important player at two levels, I would say. One level is, is really to, to make established companies lasting for yeah, sustainable, to help them seize those opportunities. Uh, we talked about Noroto or Levi's, but every company, every sector will be impacted by that sustainability need. So I was discussing with a retailer this morning. They have a target that by 2030, 80% of their assortment of what they sell in their shops is sustainably sourced, meaning without impacting the environment. And so that's one thing. And then the second thing is that if we can develop our consultants, our rules, into sustainability ambassadors and maybe in the later stage they will join companies or start companies where they can also carry that, that message. I think that would be very strong. And then we can be, be proud of what we have done. Incredible. Miguel, thank you so much for your insights today and for really highlighting this important relationship between sustainability and entrepreneurship. Um, it was really great to have you uh, help us introduce the new podcast. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye-bye. So whether you are an investor looking for your next project, an entrepreneurial student wondering how to start your own company, or someone working in government policy, we hope these episodes will bring to the forefront important conversations with companies who have ingrained sustainability into their business blueprint. So join us for this first season of Inspiring the Pack, a Bright Wolves podcast series, available wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes start January 2021. See you then.